and of something of a, it's not going to be a word in the sense of, cool, write down, these are the, the points or the, the notes, but really just something, and I want to give a little bit of a, just a, a trailer in the sense of how I want you to receive it this morning. Is I want you to receive it this morning as something of like a prophetic picture or a prophetic sense that I'm feeling in the Lord. And so to open up your hearts and go, okay, Lord, there's something of this that I might not understand right now or that I might not fully see. But God, I want to trust you to through your Holy Spirit come and work what is being said this morning in my heart. Amen? And so I'm going to start off with this. And it might seem very strange to you that I'm starting off here. But yesterday we had such an amazing time as guys um, together. And so the next time we're doing something like that, if you miss this, don't miss it. You're going to miss out. Um, <laughs> Martin. Martin doing well. He actually did very well. Well done, Martin. Now we know. <laughs> we, oh, there's just some of the guys who had like this racing setup of where you were sitting in this racing rig and you were driving an F1 car and it was amazing. It looks easy. I promise you. It is not. There's some guys here, we'll show you some videos just now, that we realize they don't do much driving. Okay, it's the wives that do the driving. <laughs> anyway, so some guys, they like brying and just visiting together. Here we go, this Harry. Yeah, <laughs> Harry really needed a helmet, actually. <laughs> Next time I'm driving with Harry, I'm taking a helmet with, <laughs> okay, because this was scary. <laughs> Harry, we've got a different photo where Harry, his, um, his throat, yeah, the, the veins are like popping, like, like anyway, the f yeah, he's Kevin, not just a dentist, eh? But not a driver. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. He's Rob. Rob. Where's Rob? There's Rob. Rob, just stand up, Rob. We're going to make a big fuss about you. Rob absolutely thrashed. Like dominated. Like Quibus. Quibus, I think we've got a photo of you as well. Quibus started off and he put a time down, 127 around this track. And everybody was trying to get it. Nobody got. Rob, on his first lap, already went to 124 seconds. Like, already just went past. The world record for this strap, like this is professional gamers, is 1 minute 18 seconds. Rob did it in 1 minute 20, 23 seconds. So it's like, it's five seconds, which is somewhat a lot, but it's actually not, okay? And so, well done. Well done, Rob. We love you guys. Uh, it was like, uh, there's yeah, another one from Martin. Okay, so I want to show you this. This uh, Do we have sound? Make, just make sure that we have sound on that PC. This is what driving that looks like and what not driving looks like. <laughs> No sound. No. Is there no sound? Oh, no. <laughs> so Pierre looks like he's calm and collected. But what's happening at the end of it is just, 
Okay. What's the sound looking like? Okay. Cool. We might not have sound, but for this next one, you don't need sound. You can just look. You can just look at the faces. Okay. Is there something there? Let's see. He's going like, wah, wah, wah. He's really screaming like a baby. It was like, wah, wah. Jerome, well done, Jerome. Here we go. It was such a great time together. And this morning, I want to kind of like piggyback on that. Um, I believe that God is bringing us into a place, into a season, and he's been working in us. And it's a season, and it's an invitation, and a supernatural grace for us to build friendship. And I want to say it like this. I believe God is bringing us to a time where he's allowing us and giving us grace to find friendship in him, to find it. I'm very specific about my words here. But to find friendship in him. And as we find friendship with him, he's coming us and calling us and enabling us to build friendship with one another. Over this last while, we've had the words of an altar and table moments. Altar being the place of where we come to God and we approach God and we lay down the things in our lives. But in the laying down, we encounter Him to be the one that makes us new, to be the one that, that builds us up, to be the one where He comes and he, um, there's repentance, there's forgiveness, there's a releasing. It's those altar moments, those deep moments where we find and encounter God. But then there's the table moments. The times when God comes and He puts out a spread for us and He's actually like, I want you to come and enjoy me. And He wants us to come even and enjoy one another. And this has been a word that Andrew has been speaking um, to us since the beginning of the year of these. This is what we believe that God is doing. And we've been seeing it. We've been seeing it in our comms. We've been seeing it in the times even here on Sundays. Is, is there's this sense of finding God and the sense of building together one another and into each other. We've been speaking about being disciples. Not just looking a certain way, but actually being the ones that follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, we're finding something of God's life and the togetherness that we find with one another. And what that looks like. We've spoken about the love of God that's working in us. And as the love of God is being poured in us, that is the only kind of love that we can use to pour out into one another and build with one another. And so in that, the thing that keeps on repeating is this place of where we find love 
and friendship and acceptance and grace and a place with God. And as we find that place, God comes and he builds us into the body where we build into one another, where we share that love, where we share that grace, where we share mercy and forgiveness and where we look past things, where we recognize. We've spoken about recognizing the grace on your own life, on the lives of the leaders that's been placed over you, but also the lives of one another to encourage and spur one another on. It's with God or finding God and then building towards one another. And this morning I really want to come into that place and just speak on that a little bit. And before we're going to get there, I'm going to read us a scripture in Psalm 23. And even just as we come together here in the mornings on Sundays, man, I look forward to a Sunday. It's like, I don't, there's no wind, rain, snow, whatever it is that's going to keep me from coming together. Because there's something about the saints coming together to worship God. Something that I just go like, I know for us and how we feel about magic and whatever else, but it's something magical. <laughs> I love leading worship. And the reason for that is, because it's that moment where I get to help all of us sing together. And it's the greatest blessing for me to be able to just hear. And I think that's one of the things. I know when we come to heaven one day, it's going to be glorious. And we're going to be also just overwhelmed with looking at God. But one of the things that I look forward most is... Other than looking at God, so don't get me wrong here, but it's to hear the voices of the people of God singing praises to Him. When we look at the, 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 um, in the Old Testament, there's the story of Babylon and now the Tower of Babel, how it was built. And you saw the power of what happens when people have one mind and one heart and one desire. They become an unstoppable force. And in that, I look at us around here, and I go like, if each and every one of us truly had that sense of one heart, one purpose, and not being selfish and want this own way, but building into one another, encouraging one another, there would be something here that would just be that compared with understanding that Jesus is our Savior and that He is our goal. Man, what is there that we would not be able to do? Where is it that we would not be able to, to, to go if we understand that? And I want to say to us, I think it's only through God that we can do that. But this morning, as the basis, I want to read us Psalm 23. And it's a scripture that we all know. But even in coming together and being together, there's something of Psalm 23 that I find actually is something of God's heart for us, for me and for you. And from that place, he wants to come and he wants to show us his heart. And so that as we read this, then we know this is the place where from I work from and hold on to and go like, this is God's heart for me. And so I'm going to let this lead me over and above sometimes my emotions and my feelings and what things look like. Amen. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Just that line. Just that one verse. I lack nothing. Maybe I want to ask you just in this moment. Can you close your eyes? Just don't worry about the screen, but the words. This is his heart for you. Is that you're in such a place of contentment. Not financial, not but emotional, spiritual, with whatever there is. That you're content in this place. That you find your heart in that space of where you go, oh Lord, I lack nothing. I have you. He makes me lie down in green pastures. His heart for me and for you is to find that place of where you're coming into freedom. Where there's no chase for the next thing. Where there's nothing rushing you, nothing chasing after you. But it's that place of safety. That place of knowing, I can just breathe. I lack nothing. I'm safe. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He wants you to be refreshed. To be in that place of where you find joy in your heart and go like, man, this is the best place ever. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And this is important to understand. He leads us down these things for his namesake. The work that he does in us is for his namesake. And then we can so easily just carry on with with the scripture, but it's almost like because of this, because he leads me, because I lack nothing, because he's the one that refreshes my soul, even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, I know you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, when it says that even though I walk through the valleys and preparing my table for my enemies, the thing is actually our enemies are unable. They're powerless against him. And so even though I see my enemies, my heart rejoices and is glad. My soul is refreshed because I know that he is the one that holds me. He is the one that keeps me. He is the one that loves me. And so regardless of what my enemy does to me, I can sing, you are good. I can sing, whatever happens, you will never let me down. And this morning, as we come into this morning, that's the place I want you to see this. Because that is God's heart for me and for you. You can open up your eyes if you want to. Don't fall asleep.
My voice is a bit slow. But that's God's heart for us. And so when we come together as church, whether it's a Sunday morning, whether it's a Wednesday, whether it's any other day, like a Saturday, like I know there were some ladies, one of the comms had all the ladies because the guys were out, they had lunch. And some of the other ladies had a craft thing happening. And so when we come together in those moments, what we come together from and with and for is that place of overflowing. My cup overflows. Like Jesus is the one that's refreshing my soul. And so even here on a Sunday morning, we don't come together so that we can get kind of like an injection for the week and just to go like, it's like for some of us, we walk in here and it's like, man, it's like at that, um, I think it was like a back in the day, um, a uh, ad where the guy is in the desert or looks like an Arabian soldier or something and he's in the desert and then he sees this kind of like an oasis or a thing, and there's a cup of water and a tub of comfort cream. I don't know if you guys, it's something like that. And instead of going for the water, he would go for the comfort cream. And he would rub it all over his body and he would be refreshed. And some of us come in here on a Sunday morning, and sometimes even on a Wednesday, it's like, <laughs> let me, let me just get It's not God. No, even in the driest of places. He is green pastures. He refreshes our souls. Sorry. So when we come together, God is calling us to that place of enjoying Him. Yes, and giving him glory and giving him praise, but enjoying one another. Because when I look at how God is saved and working in Kevin, that encourages me. It builds me up. Because I'm seeing the loving God working in a man, changing him, arranging him, like making him look a lot like Jesus more. And when he can do that for Kevin, or Gerbrandt, or Otto, or Bobby, or Shaw, I go like, then he can do it for me. Then what he is doing inside of me is not just a thing of my subjective perception. No, no, no. I see him doing the thing in people around me. And I go, this is not just my imagination. No, no, no. This is actually, he's doing it. And so when I get to spend time with the people of God, I find so much space and green pasture and refreshment in God. Because God is doing something. Like yesterday when we were, Rob was, I'm not going to single him out a little bit. But when Rob was driving, like everybody was going for a competition and trying to, trying to beat the time. And everybody realized, like, this is pretty difficult. And so when someone would drive well, it looks like, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to get it. They just, I, I want to say this, even just to get a time 
on the board without being disqualified is very difficult, let alone saying having the best time. So some guys just tried to get a time on the board, and it was that. And so just to get a time on the board, you go, like, everybody's going, okay, you can do it, you can do it. And then there's this little corner that you drive over, and then it disqualifies you because it's actually skipping some of the, the, the road, so your time becomes faster, but it's such a small part. And then guys got over that thing. And then the whole room was, ah! And I mean, it's just, it's like, it was better than the best rugby game or better than, the, than Liverpool scoring a goal or winning a match. It was 10 times better than that. Because you had people cheering and going on. And it was not because I had benefit or they had benefit. The person that was driving, they were going like, ah! And they were going, yes, I'm doing it. Ah! It's like, and there was so much life in it. I was like lying in bed last night, late last night. I was thinking, man, that was amazing. It was so much joy that I found in the togetherness. Because I know that that togetherness, us cheering one another on, is actually rooted in the fact that we are united in Jesus. So, Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Genesis 2 verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, I know he's talking about Eve, okay? But there's something here that we do need to see. When God said these things and when he did these things, God was with Adam. And God was the Trinity, the Godhead that was together with Adam in the Garden of Eden. There was no sin. There was no brokenness. There was no loneliness. There was no offense. There's no disappointments. There was no previous things that happened that are the things that is residing in our hearts that makes us scared to be together. There was none of that. The situation was 100% perfect. And in that place, God comes and he looks at man and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. And man at that point in time had the fellowship of all the animals. Man at that time had all the connection with God that we have never even tasted. There was nothing broken between Adam and between God. Scripture speaks of Adam walking with God in the cool of day. And you go like, his connection with God the Father, with Jesus the Son, and with the Holy Spirit was untethered, uncapped. It was full-blown connection. And in that place, God looks at man and says, man cannot be alone. 
Man needs a helper. Man needs a friend. And God comes and he creates Eve. And he calls them to be together. And I wonder sometimes what, what happened then <laughs> when Adam saw Eve. And just the friendship that he found in that. And that is something that I believe for us. Where we need to realize, like, just as that much as that picture is a picture of man, male, and female. Because that's how God created them. Male and female. No other. Okay? So I'm putting it out there. No other. Male and female. And God created that connection to be a connection that lasts forever. But that connection is also something of a picture that we see in how Jesus loves the church. But it's also even further a picture of how we are meant to be connected with one another. And so we look at that as a form and we go like, we cannot fight against. I cannot be church all by myself. No, no, no. I need people. I need a Richard. I need a Stephen. I need a Lizette. I need an Enrico. And it's not for them to be elders or pastors or prophets. or No, 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 no. We need the togetherness, the, the ecclesia, the people of God being connected. And together they show the church of God, the family of God, the children of God. And we cannot go without that. Because without that, we're not actually fitting into this somewhat of a template of man that cannot be alone. And so when we say, cool, I don't need people, I just need God, we're actually going and say, man can be alone. But God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And he gave him a helper. And so in that, it brings me and you into a place of where we need to open up our hearts and realize it cannot just me and God, be me and God alone. I only need Jesus in order to be saved and to go to heaven one day. Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And with that, there's no other way. It's not Jesus plus relationships or Jesus plus this. No, it's Jesus. But as I receive his salvation, what happens inside of me is when God created man and woman and Adam and Eve, men or humans, he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So there's something of his form that is already, of his template that's already imprinted on me and on you. And the day that we come into that place of where we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, it's not just the template, but immediately it becomes the fuel of who he is. The blood, the life force of who God is gets poured inside of us. And in that moment, what we find is that we become looking more like him daily as that life force is working in us. It forms and, 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 and reveals the likeness of God that we have been created with. 
So when we come into that place of where who God is is worked out in us, what we find is that we become to some sense like God and we take on some of his character and some of his nature. And his character and his nature is and has always been togetherness. And so if he is in me and I am in him, I cannot but want to build together. Does that make you guys hear what I'm saying? I cannot but wanting to build together. I cannot but wanting to go like, this relationship, Enrico hurt me. I cannot go like, no, no, I'm not going to sort this out. Now, if God is really in me, there's something in me that's always going to be bugged by that. There's something in me that's always going to want to desire something to be made right so that we can be together. And that's the thing. And like I know I'm speaking about myself. I'm speaking about myself here in situations where people have hurt me and I felt like I was treated unfairly. Those relationships, I'm, I praise God that I don't have any of those right now in my heart, that I've sorted those things out as far as I know. But when I had those, the thing that bugged me the most is not how I got hurt. But it's actually, I felt alone. And I felt like I'm still missing that person. I'm still missing the Enrico. He didn't do it. <laughs> but I'm still missing him. And I just don't know how to repair what has gone. And that gives me the feeling of being alone. Now I know for probably all of us here, including myself, if we really... If you're really at that place of where you can go, do you feel alone? Is there loneliness inside of your heart? Probably all of us would put up our hands. Like some place where we're all reaching for and stretching for relationship. Where we want friendship. Where we want one another, people to see you for who you are. And not for what you always do. Or for what comes out, but actually what's happening here on the inside. And I believe that God is giving us in this time, where we are right now, God is giving me and you space, supernatural enablement, to first of all, find Him. Because without Him, I cannot make this work. I cannot, because I'm going to fall short every time. And people are going to disappoint me. And people are going to let me down. And so I need the love of God to keep me secure so that I can go, Shaul, you can hurt me as much as you want to hurt me, but I'm going to continue loving you because I want friendship with you. Because I'm safe. Shaul hasn't hurt me. Just, he's an amazing guy. Now I need God. But then also there's the supernatural grace and enablement for us that as we find God in this time, that there's just space for us to build with one another. And I'm using the word build because oftentimes we come to church and we think, oh, these people are so nice and friendly. And, and I hope if you're visiting with us this morning that that's how you felt and are experiencing us. And then we stick around, but then later on, we go like, hey, 
Why is nobody inviting me? These people just look friendly. They are not friendly. And so we look at friendship and we look at these connections as something that I need to find. It's like this treasure chest or this golden plate or silver plate that platter needs to be put down in front of me and I just get to feast. No, no, no. It's actually something that I need to work on, but it's something that you need to work on as well. And together, as we work towards it, we find something of God. Recently, God added Brett and Abby to us. Man, we, we're spending so much time together. But it's not just something of Brett's coming into us and us as a team want to make feel Brett feel welcome. We do do that. But he is pushing into us as well. And he's going, I don't just want to f- be welcomed. I want to love you as you're making me feel welcome. <laughs> and I find so much just, oh, Lord, I thank you for this. The elders, if you can quickly come out. Just quickly come out, all the elders. Just stand here with me. They didn't know this is happening. Where's Enrico? He's not here. Hi, Enrico. We'll hold it against him. I'm joking. But this is the way I see it. Just hook in. Hook in. Like this is where we start. It's like for us, we're leading together. Because not one man can do this. But in this togetherness, there's something like when I get pulled, like all of them get pulled. And when I get pulled, I know also that they keep me strong. And when somebody comes from the front, it's again, it's they're not just meeting one of us. They're not just meeting Harry. No, no, they're meeting everybody. There's force here. There's strength here. And so when we walk together, and just keep on staying like that. You guys look good. (laughs) When we build together God's heart for each and every one of us as this congregation in this church is for all of us to be connected like this. Like there's no way that any of these guys right now is going to feel alone. Because they know everything that I'm facing right now, they're facing it with me. Everything that they are facing, having head on, having coming to them, they, I'm feeling it with them. Enrico, come quickly now. <laughs> He's the special one. It can only be one. It's like, yeah, we are connected. But what you're also seeing in this place is you're not just seeing my perspective of God and my experience and how God has changed me. No, no, no. You see how God has changed Enrico, and we praise God for that. You see how God has changed Kevin and every other guy. You see the things that God is doing in Brett. And you realize, but sure, these guys are so different. But yet at the same time, The same God is working in them, and he's doing it differently. But man, there's something similar about this. Thanks, guys. I love you. (laughs) And so when we come together, I want to say to us, this is how God looks at us, and this is what he wants from us. Because with him, with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they connected. They won. But they three. And so as we come to God, something in us needs to start flowing out 
like his nature and his character, to build to one another. I need to end off. Got so much more to say. <laughs> so quickly, let me try and run through this. From the beginning, God's message has been always, not just, it's him and us. Okay, John 1, John 1, 5 to 9, it says this. This is the message we have heard from you and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to hear this, to have fellowship with him, being connected with God, yet we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. And so anybody can say, I am with God. And if they are alone, nobody can say anything other than that. You get what I'm saying here. Now, verse 7 says this. But if we walk in the light, meaning we're claiming we have fellowship with God, if we walk in the light as he, God, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. One another. So I can say, I have fellowship with God. But the only place that that is proven and tested is in me going and walking. No, just stand here. Just stand here. There we go. <laughs> me walking with Richard. And immediately it's shown to Richard, hey, he walks in the light. And I go, hey, Richard, you walk in the light. Ah, now we walk together. You guys get what I'm saying? Fellowship with one another. And the blood of his son, of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So what that says to me, because we often look at relationships and friendship like this. I'm going to sort me out, and when I've sorted me out, then I'll go and I'll walk with bread. Because I can't let him see my not-so-nice parts. And so I try and go like, cool, let me change me. But then what ends up happening is I sit eventually by myself and go, why does bread not want to be my friend? But actually I've removed myself. And so in a time where God is giving us grace to walk with him and to walk with one another, we have got to realize that there's not one of us that are perfect. There's not one of us that can make it on our own. <laughs> because all of us need Jesus to save us. Need Jesus to purify us. Need Jesus in order to love one another. And so the place that we start is not me making me right. But it's me stepping into the light and saying, hey, I need saving. And as I go that, I find people coming, standing around me and go, Rian, don't worry. I need saving too. Together, we need saving. And in that place, we find fellowship. And I want to say, if we go back to our pattern from the beginning, we find a fellowship like Adam and Eve. Intimate. Vulnerable, deep friendship.
It's where strangers become closer than brothers. And that's scary. But I believe it's God's way. And that's what he's calling us into. And so I'm going to end off with this scripture. Well, two scriptures. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 3, and we all know this. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, I have a faith that can move, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to a hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. And so everything that looks like this is somebody that knows God, if there is no love connected to that, and that love that is connected to that is only shown and proven in loving one another, it means actually that that which looks to us as godly and as spiritual is actually nothing. And so instead of steering our hearts to become the prophets and the pastors and the worship leaders and the apostles, I believe there's something deeper for us to strive towards loving one another, to strive towards who is the most unloved person in this place and go, you know what? I'm going to be his friend. I'm going to be his friend. And I'm going to show him that there's space for him. See, because that's what God did for me. That's what he did for you. So we had no space at the table. And he said, like, hey, I invite you in. Be part of, not just the table, but be part of my family. And so yes, where love is proven, in verse four, 4 to 7, it says this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. When Rob wins the base lap, and the whole room goes, that's love. It rejoices in winning for others, not for myself. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. 
So just that part, I want you to hear this, and I'm going to read it again. But I want you to think about the cross and Jesus on the cross. Having been through what he's been through, having been ridiculed, having been like mutilated beyond even recognition. I see this verse personified in that moment. Of where Jesus was Ridicule and go, cool, you say that you're the son of God, show it. And I go, he's just not proving himself. (laughs) And then it says, love never gives up. He endured the cross. Endured everything, how everybody shouted at him, ridiculed him, made him to be nothing. Never loses faith. He knew that the father had it. He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. He knew and believed that the Father's will is something happening. He might not understand it. He might not know it. But he knew that his Father is good. And he knew that his Father will never let him down. He's always hopeful. And endures through every circumstance. That was Jesus on the cross. For me and for you. And he's calling us to go and do the same. 